tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 6 for July 28, 2016. Thanks for tuning in. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest Jeff Cornish, chief meteorologist at WICU WSEE TV in Erie, Pennsylvania, and meteorologist with ZoomRadar.com. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, we're at actually uh, we're at episode six, um, and we're certainly happy that you've chosen to come to MJ's birthday party. Yay, uh, we're yay. Happy birthday! MJ's birthday. Uh, Thank so you. Wait, wait, can we sing? Can we sing? Well, There's no, no. Time to sing. no, but you know, <laughs> please, please don't. The option, yeah, we're not going to sing. But his option was either to go to Chuck E. Cheese or or do the podcast with us tonight, and he chose the podcast. It was an obvious wow. choice, of course. Obvious. Um, I don't know about that. Chuck E. Cheese has a lot to offer. I, I think you're dramatically underestimating that. So it was not an easy choice. So anyway, don't uh, don't for, don't forget to click uh, on the subscribe button if you're listening on iTunes or or Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Um, also don't forget to check out, we've got some cool Stormfront Freaks podcast gear on our website. If you go to stormfrontfreaks.com, uh, there's some, uh, some gear there too. You might be interested in the other thing I want to bring up. I just, uh, just found out about this this past week. There is an app. It's a podcasting app where you can actually listen to our shows, the app, and it's only on right now on iOS, uh, but it's called Remarks. Uh, R-E-M-A-R-K-S. It's called Remarks, but what's kind of neat about it is uh, it allows me or any of us to actually um, – who's squeaking? That may have been me. Oh, I'm okay. going to be ousted from this podcast okay. in a matter of minutes. No, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. If, if you need to, you can mute yourself a little bit at the top, but otherwise – No, I'll stop squeaking. Uh, but anyway, so this app, Remarks, what allows allows us or me to do is I can actually, as the podcast is going, I can type in various comments. Um, and what we did with episode five, so we just did this for episode five, our last episode. I typed in kind of just some behind-the-scenes information. As the podcast goes on, it shows you at that time of the, of the uh, recording, it, it talks about maybe something we were talking about on the podcast. So it's kind of a really neat way. Obviously, you don't do that if you're driving and listening to us, uh, but certainly if you're, you're uh, sitting or you're wherever, it's a great way if you pull up Remarks app on your iPhone uh, and then search Stormfront Freaks. Uh, we were actually highlighted by them uh, a few days ago, but you can actually follow along, get some great behind-the-scenes stuff. So I'm going to continue to probably do that for the next few episodes um, if if I don't see a lot of feedback, because you can comment on it as well. So you can actually type in comments and everything else too. Be if nice. I don't see, yeah, which is kind of cool, right? Everybody be can nice. interact. interact no, with they us. should be nice. Oh, it's like <laughs> Facebook. Really, I don't care. I mean, who cares? Right? Yeah, uh, rip, us a, rip us to pieces. Come hey, on. <laughs> we'll just, we'll, we'll block you or something. I don't know. But, but anyway, it's a great way to interact with you guys. I'll do it for a couple more episodes. If I don't see a lot of other people commenting back, I'll probably ditch it because I, I don't need to spend extra time on something that you guys aren't paying attention to. But uh, I just wanted to highlight that. So on this episode, uh, we've got Jeff Cornish of WICU, WSEE TV and hey, ZoomRadar.com. 
We're also going to be talking uh, about the National Weather Service. They've got a new hazard simplification uh, warning system that some offices are now using on social media. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And of course, we'll get into our uh, weather fools and, and weather resources. Uh, but for time purposes, we want to get Jeff on here right away so we can get talking to Jeff because he's got some uh, he's got some uh, news programs he's got to be doing tonight. But so let's Jeff Jeff Cornish. He's the chief meteorologist for WICU and WSEE TV in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, but he's also a meteorologist with ZoomRadar.com. Uh, but again, Jeff, great having you on board. Thanks for joining well, us. Thank, thank you guys for having me on here. You guys have a good thing going, and I'm glad to be on episode six. It's fun. Beautiful. Yes. Episode six. So here, Jeff, I I just want to get things started off a little bit because in in one of the things in reading your bio, uh, talk to us a little bit about what you were doing on May 10th in 2008 uh, in Joplin, Missouri. You were on air. uh, Yeah, I was. Pretty heavy weather. Tell us about that. Well, the police want to know, don't they? Isn't that right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I was about four years out of college, but two years into uh, my uh, TV career, which, um, you know, at that point in the game, still pretty green. And there are things I'm, we're working on at this point, but at least uh, at that point, I had only been doing commercial television for about a year and a half. I was the weekend uh, weather guy, weekend meteorologist at the CBS and Fox in the Joplin market. Uh, and it was on a Saturday when we had um, uh, an EF4 tornado tear through about the, th- the southern third of our viewing area. Now, um, the casual weather fan uh, shouldn't confuse this with the big Joplin tornado. That happened three years later. But mm-hmm. this was still an EF4. It happened to miss most of the larger towns, but it did hit places like Pitcher, Oklahoma, which was a small town in far northeast Oklahoma. Um, the town was kind of on its last legs. There was a, a government buyout already happening uh, with only 150 or 160 people still there. But it was a direct hit there, and then uh, the tornado slipped into southwest Missouri, crossed the state line there. Um, and it was a pretty big deal in that particular year. It was one of the more uh, the deadlier tornadoes. Uh, it killed – that tornado killed 23 in the viewing area. Then there was another fatality up in uh, Jasper County, Missouri, which is home to Joplin uh, from, from wind damage. But um, it, was, it happened on a Saturday, and I was uh, the guy who was on the air for a little while, and it was a good learning experience. But it kind of also kind of redefined the way I view this job. I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania where um, severe weather typically does not involve tornadoes, and typically it's just about helping people's lives uh, uh, be a little more convenient, preparing people for the day with what to wear and that kind of thing. Um, But this really brought the life safety um, impact home to me. And, um, yeah, it was just a – it kind of redefined the way I view the whole whole career of a meteorologist or the the job of a sky-worn spotter, really the whole weather enterprise. So it kind of changed things for me. Was that your first one? Was that the first like big tornado for you? It was, yeah. And really, you know, I've, I've we're eight years after that, and I haven't experienced a weather disaster or weather event firsthand, um, even from within the weather center uh, of that magnitude. I, I don't know if I will, just because this far east we don't see as much of that. Now you can't say that too loudly in Northwest PA because in 1985 we did have an, uh, an F5, but. Um, yeah, that, it was by far the, the most significant one. Before that, I had done cut-ins where you step in over programming for two, three, four, five minutes, but not for a couple of hours. Um, and it didn't really become real until after the fact, you know, when we began to see video from photographers. Um, 
yeah, at, at the scene, just total devastation. Do you feel like you had like the crew? Cause I know sometimes when you're on for two, three hours, you're like, man, we're, we're still on the air. We need more information coming in from the newsroom or from the reporters. Do you feel like at the time you were like, yeah, we got enough information. You're like, okay, guys, we either got to go to a commercial or something. Yeah, you can never have enough. And you really feel like you're repeating yourself uh, after a little while. Because in this case, there were a few different supercells at the same time. So we could kind of hop around from from one storm to the next to the next. Other times, if you have one lonely supercell in the plains, you're sitting on that same storm. And if you don't have the resources of, of K-4 or one of the other Oklahoma City or Tulsa stations with the helicopters and all that, um, you know, we don't we didn't have live cams on it. It was just uh, a young kid with radar, basically. But fortunately, at that station, uh, a woman named Lisa Oligas has been the, the weekend anchor for a long, long time. And she is still there uh, now. And she came to the to the news desk once, or basically to the studio, and realized that uh, she could help. And people came into the station right away. So we began to get information, um, but you can never have enough info. It was really after the fact that we learned the true magnitude of it all. How long yeah, were Jeff, you actually on the air? Where, you know, I wasn't. You... Uh, speci- I didn't have a, a clock on the whole. Thing. It was close to two hours or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so Jeff. Um, I've dabbled a little bit in, uh, you know, broadcast meteorology. I've, um, you know, a couple broadcasts for a local TV station. How, you know, and how hard is it? Because severe weather coverage is completely different. You know, I don't think people understand that, you know, you can actually think about what you're going to say before you go on and do like your forecast for the day. Severe weather coverage is completely different because you're, you know, it's it's an evolving situation. Improv. You know, how, exactly, Yeah. How how hard is that, and um, how hard is it to keep your composure on the air in, in a situation like that? I think that it is getting a little easier. The past 10 years has gotten a little easier through things like NWS Chat, which was kind of in its infancy a while back. Now it's a little easier to get information before the Weather Service officially issues, like a public information statement or a local storm report. Uh, there could be a little bit of a dialogue. It's clumsy when you're on the air because you either have to abandon the green screen to go over to the computer. Uh, some of these stations in the Midwest do it well, and uh, Span does it well down there in Alabama where they may have like a weather podium and they have uh, you know either an iPad or a computer that they can wheel up in front of them. Um, and ideally, it's nice to have vo- multiple voices. Uh, at my station in Toledo, we did that well. We had a pretty big weather staff, and it was rare that we would have severe weather coverage with just one person in the studio. Sometimes in smaller markets, including in Erie, uh, unless it's a blockbuster event, it's kind of rare to get a second meteorologist or second weather person into the studio at the same time, unless it's a really foreseeable, you know, enhanced or moderate risk or something like that. Um, but, you know, it's nice to have multiple voices. And if if, there, if somebody's at the green screen, somebody else is over in the weather center, the person in the weather center can uh, handle storm reports. The person at the green screen can either drive the radar with their hand or uh, just do some live radar interpretation. But, yeah, there's, there are challenges with everything. Uh, but it's a lot of on-your-feet radar interpretation. What, what's, this, what's the NW? – I'm sorry. What's the NWS chat? What, it's basically – if you think back to the era of uh, chat rooms, like 1999, where people who have cats and drive Buicks could talk to like-minded people across the country um, and have some really bizarre conversations. It's that same kind of thing, <laughs> you, but you, log, you can log into it on the web, and basically each weather service office – and I think that every single one across the country is on board. I'm not positive if, if every single one is, but at least in the Midwest and the East Coast, it seems that every office now is on board. They have their own chat room. 
And um, most of the time, things like their updated discussions or the issuance of a special weather statement, uh, the issuance of uh, the climate report, that's just automatically piped through through this NWS bot. But when there's active weather, there's more discussion. Um, and uh, in theory, the you know, meteorologists or weather staff and even emergency management, can, they can write type questions. And uh, the weather service is kind of monitoring so they can respond and, and write back. And sometimes people will just have a bizarre, you know, we haven't had rain for 23 days in a row. It was this close to a record for the summer months. Uh, but a lot of the time it's, hey, uh, you know, are you watching the rotation here in, in County XYZ? And they'll say yes, or we don't think it's too much of a threat because we're seeing this. And also sometimes you can – it's just a little bit of a faster pipeline of information. What? Uh, Hey, question: Why? How come people are always bringing cats into weather conversations? <laughs> yes. Hey, exactly. What the hell is it about cats? Cats are amazing, know. Phil. All right, cats are amazing. <laughs> when will people understand that I'm cats sorry. are better than dogs? Back I'm to the sorry. podcast. No, no, no. It wasn't in Twister. They had cows before cats. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Jeff. Who's going to have a pet cow? No one's going to have a pet cow. Talking about right? people have cat videos and and I don't know. That's, well, social media is changing off, everything. Brady just yeah, put together four H people. He said that nobody's going to have a pet cow. No Seriously. one's going to. No, no. You know what cow is? It's meat. All right, and I'm going to have my steak and eat it too. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Peta. There goes our Peta endorsement. There goes <laughs> our Peta sponsorship. Get rid of them. I don't care. Oh man, we're we're just clicking them off every episode. We're losing sponsorship. Uh. Well, <laughs> let let me ask you this, Jeff. So tell me a little bit about. Um, so how'd you get involved with zoomradar.com? What, how was that connection happening? You know, it's, it's funny. You never know um, the people you meet, how, how they may come back into your life later on. But in uh, 2006, I interviewed for a weather producer job at WCBS in, in uh, New York City. Uh, and uh, I met a guy who happened to work there. I didn't get the job, and it worked out better because weather – I like to do the on-air stuff and um, – my life would be a little bit different, I think, if we took a different track and worked in New York City at this point. But um, I met somebody who worked there, one of their meteorologists on staff. Um, three years later, he uh, sent me an email and said, hey, I got this relatively new company called Zoom Radar. Um, I'm trying to do something that's a little bit new, give people at home on their computer, because apps weren't that uh, popular at that point, um, the experience that we have as meteorologists where we can kind of steer the camera around, zoom in, turn on different features, turn off different features, and uh, kind of give you know give the general public or the uh, armchair weather enthusiast the same experience of being in control of the radar um, on their favorite website. So he developed this, this thing initially for his own – the station that he worked at. They kind of commissioned him to find a decent weather tool that they could embed into uh, into their weather page and uh, as he tells me around 07 or so maybe 2008 um, you know he looked around and didn't really find anything that really fit the mold of what he was looking for so uh, he came up with the, the concept of zoom radar and um, basically hired developers to do the heavy duty computer programming uh, tech savvy but some of the stuff that was required to do this is um, a little bit beyond the scope of what even a tech-savvy meteorologist could do. Um, so around 07 or 08, uh, he developed this thing called uh, Zoom Radar, and at the time it was a flash-based ba- flash product. 
Uh, and it was kind of neat. And, and he essentially began to sell it to different TV stations, some radio stations, some newspapers. Uh, people with uh, weather enthusiast websites would, would pick it up. Um, and, you know, one of his least favorite parts of that, as he tells me, were making cold calls and trying to reach out to a news director or a webmaster. Um, and sometimes webmasters can be tricky to reach because they may naturally like email, but you just get lost in the shuffle with spam. So he was looking for somebody else who had a little extra time on their hands and was looking for a little extra income. Um, and uh, he, he approached me about it at the time I was working in Lexington. Go ahead. Yep. That, no, that was you, right? He, he needed someone. Yeah, that, that was me. I, yeah. I threw you off. Sorry. I thought that, <laughs> that was good. Kind of I, read the thing and I was rambling. So well. Chalk, chalk that it. under poor use nice. of physical... Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, time. I need that. I need that. That's so good. he found you. So he, yeah. he came to you and – did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought the bell meant that my time was <laughs> – No. No, that's, I threw it I mean, off. Phil's time is up. He's muted for the rest of the show. <laughs> that's good. Oh, all right. Start again. Yeah. No, I was rambling, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he basically hired me on, on somewhat of a commission basis to – to, to reach out to TV stations, newspapers, and uh, radio websites to try to push this, uh, this new concept. It's kind of, it was John Stalin who walked behind me. I thought that was Al Roker. <laughs> he, he, he thought, hey, he thought it was guy. Al Roker. He you know what? This episode's award for awesomeness because that well, was amazing. Here's the, the thing about John. John's had an interesting career. He was, he was the chief forecaster uh, at CBS3 in Philadelphia from 99 to 02. He worked in L.A. He's, he's laughing at me now. But he said <laughs> at the time, in the late 90s, you were, what, 28, 27? 29, all right. Uh, he said that he, he's a great storyteller, spectacular personality, and a winning disposition. And he said that he had the Al Roker thing going. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got Took the shirt, too. Forward. He's doing the Caribbean show, right? You got, got the Caribbean thing with the shirt. Hawaiian yeah. shirt. I love it. <laughs> Man, I want <laughs> a job dream, there baby. where I can wear a Hawaiian Living shirt. No kidding. That's sweet. No, you can. You just you just have to do it. Stand right. up. Feels like you're sure. Right, man. Don't tempt me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we we I threw you off, Jeff. That was my apologies. So you so no, you're basically good. he he came to you because my my guess is you've got some um, good marketing skills. I take it. Well, I pick that stuff up as I go, and really, I'm not naturally. I'm not a salesperson. I don't really uh, pursue that. Uh, it. I, I basically just had time. You know, I had time and uh, the desire to make a little extra income. Um, my wife worked weekdays. I had two full days where I could just sit around and do whatever. So I would basically reach out to webmasters and um, you know, try to get them to see if they could initially host it for free. Uh, initially, we had an ad-based model where we could uh, – you could host it for free, and it was still surprisingly hard to sell it at times. Um, but we would make revenue off of ads that would appear. Things have changed with uh, Google ads over the years, so we've had to change to a, a payverse model. Um, yeah, but so I, I've been with uh, Wisdom Radar for seven, seven years now, um, and the biggest transition during that time was changing from Flash to HTML5 for basically the, the back-end programming because Flash is not the way to go anymore. It doesn't play nice with iPhones or iPads in general. Uh, and the mobile web has basically decimated the world of, of Flash. Uh, so HTML5, is, we basically launched a totally separate product, a second product, probably around 2012 or so. And that's entirely what we market now. So, Jeff, so how, is, how is that product done? 
um, so far? You know, in the past, you know, four years, how are you guys doing and what are some of the challenges? Well, you know, when I read, I'm not a, an entrepreneur or really a, a business person. So when I read and hear things anecdotally, I, I hear that uh, most small businesses fail after two years or one year or something like that. And we're still around. Um, Jeff and I, you know, the other guy I'm working with, we're not going to retire and quit our TV jobs next month. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're yeah. far from doing that. But <laughs> even just being a player in the, in the industry, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and what it has been has been a viable business that um, has had longevity. We've had some some uh, clients like WBNG in uh, New York and, and Binghamton, uh, and they've been with us since probably 2010, maybe 2011. You know, we had to force some of these against their will to switch from Flash to <laughs> HTML5. Uh, everybody resists change, and I don't know if that was the case with them. But um, what has helped us is that we don't have we don't rent us. Uh, you know, number one. We don't have an army of, of 40 or 50 developers. Um, we don't even have property. We do this from home to be totally transparent. But uh, on the same token, huge companies like Amazon have uh, created things that are very accessible that are very stable. You know, we have – instead of this being some kind of a flimsy operation that's going to fall apart if, uh, if a big station or big website like CBSNews.com nationally picks us up for a big severe weather outbreak day, which they have done um, – you know, it's not going to tax our servers to the point of oblivion. Uh, Amazon has done things in such a way that, you know, we can essentially rent server space or buy server space from them. It's load balanced. So uh, it's, you know, it's literally the case that our traffic will multiply by 10 or 15 going from a quiet Sunday to a, a moderate or high risk uh, Monday or Tuesday. Um, Okay, so, is it me? Is it me, or is Jeff like a name dropper? You've mentioned CBS, Amazon. I'm not a uh, I'm not a marketing person, but I guess I've, I've sold my soul to some point. <laughs> what, what station do you want to work at next, Jeff? <laughs> what, hey, what is it? What's your What's the future for Zoom Radar? What are you guys looking at in in the future? What are some of the things that you guys are working? I know you've added the Storm Chaser. The Storm Chaser uh, thing's been really fun. Yeah, and that was really something that started even before the transition from Flash to HTML5. That's been a really cool thing. And um, it's just fascinating to watch these live dashboard cameras uh, videos when uh, there's active weather and you 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 have 15 or 20 chasers out there. We have an exclusive partnership with the Severe Studio Storm Chase team. Uh, Corey Hartman is uh, the guy in charge of that. He's also done some TV stuff. He's in uh, Minneapolis and, and worked a lot in the Northern Plains. A uh, really good guy. And that's a separate business. It's separate from us, but we have uh, a partnership with them. Um, and then there's Severe Studios Streaming, which is basically the website infrastructure that uh, Severe Studios does. But his team, and we call it a team, um, it's really a, in some cases a group of different teams uh that uh, you know pay him and he takes care of the the data plumbing and the servers and all that stuff to get your stream on the air uh, it's cool it's just it's cool to see how his team has grown and uh, they pop up on our on our map okay i just want to give you a tip so now you're moving into people's names so now you want to move to restaurants so you can get some free food <laughs> hey al roker and those guys do it i'm just saying <laughs> that's true that's true there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you ever look at our map, I just I should mention you'll see a whole lot of cars and then some cars that have a green glow behind them. Um, the cars are just broadcasting their position, and um, the the green glow is where you have an active live stream. So that's one thing to check out when there is active weather. It's pretty fun. 
Jeff, is there any hookup to uh, Pokemon Go? No, <laughs> that may be the next thing. <laughs> I think that would be a very good add-on because that it's kind yeah. of exploding. That could be. It's trending. Whole new audience. Sure. Oh, yeah, we don't know Brady, what the God help future. us all. <laughs> yeah. Brady's been chasing Pikachu for what? How long? Now? Level ten, baby. Level ten. <laughs> all right. Grind on. All right. Well, uh, hey, we want to. Uh, we we want to make sure we're utilizing Jeff's time. He's got to get back on air here shortly. So we uh, should get started going. then. Yeah. True. <laughs> um. So Jeff, if if people want to follow you or get in touch with you, what are what are the best ways they can do that? Yeah, I guess personally, my Twitter handle is at Storm of Corn. Um, mm. And it's a little strange, but Cornish, whatever. We're rolling with that. Um, yes. And for Zoom Radar, zoomradar.com. Um, and, and we try to keep things affordable. The pricing per website is scale based on web traffic. So, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, CBS station is going to cost one thing. If you have a weather uh, enthusiast website, you obviously are not going to pay the same because you're not going to have as much traffic on your site. So, yeah, zoomradar.com, uh, at Storm of Corn. Awesome. Mm. Storm of Corn, it sounds like a horror movie. I know, <laughs> doesn't it? it does. yeah. Or it sounds like food. Storm of Corn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so appreciate it. And also just for our listeners, if you really want to get a, a good feel for zoom radar and what it looks like and how it works, um, you can actually go to stormfrontfree.com. Uh, they've been kind enough to kind of give us an, an opportunity to show you an example there to play around with it and everything else and, and get a feel for it there too. So, uh, well, we appreciate that. We appreciate your publicity here, uh, through the podcast. And your- yeah, well, cool. So, Hey, so now we get to get to, uh, our favorite time. Or maybe it's my favorite time. I always say it's ours, but who knows. But yeah, uh, this is our lightning round. So this is our speed round of questions uh, for our guests. And tonight, uh, we're going to be playing the – oh, he's gone. He's... <laughs> what, what did you say to him? Well, that's not Nothing. good. Nothing. <laughs> he must have seen that he had a Charizard or something that he needed to catch real quick. Oh, All right. Hey, you so got to do what you got to do. Coming back. He's coming back. He's like coming a... back. And here comes the best part of the show. Back? Oh, crap. <laughs> Is he coming back or not? Yeah, he's coming back. Tell us how it works. Okay. So, so, so hundred. This we're doing $100,000 pyramid. We're doing the Stormfront Freaks style. Jeff, thank God you came back because we didn't <laughs> yeah, have a contestant for a second. Sure. Uh, I lost my connection somehow. We thought you were so, mad at us. Right, <laughs> so we like, doing this, uh, we like doing this game show style stuff. And so we're going to do the $100,000 pyramid. Um, I like it. And so, Jeff, you're going to be our contestant. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have Brady, Maz, and MJ are going to be our celebrity um, partners. I call uh, Katy Perry. I, I'm going Perry. to give them on our chat room. So, Jeff, you got to make sure you're not looking at our chat room. I cannot uh, see it. I'm going to send them on our chat room uh, a, a term, and they have to try and get you through uh, verbal using words, but they can't use that word. They got to get you to say that word. Okay, I'm so, on board. So, it's like, so if the word is tornado, they have to say, well, it's some big swirling, massive, windy, mesocyclone thing, that kind of deal. I, right? I'm with that you. Easy. I like it. So I got to type fast, so we're going to see how this works, but. Um, this is your pick, Jeff. You, you get to pick either from the category called Hold On to Your Hats or okay. the category called Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> well, so, you know, being even though we're in the middle of summer, uh, as somebody in the snow belt, let's go with Baby It's Cold Outside. Mm. 
Baby, it's cold right. outside. All right, oh. so these are all things related to winter. Okay, Check. all these things are related to winter. Uh, and just so, so our celebrities know the order we're going to go in, we're going to go Brady, MJ, and Maz, and then do Brady, MJ, and Maz. So each of you will get two, so there's a total of six. Is there a pattern to this? Can we pass? Can we win? No. No, you can't pass. <laughs> I'm we, we're doing this Stormfront Freak style, so okay. we do yeah. different things. We could call it the one the one dollar pyramid. Um, That'd be better, Jeff. Yeah. Or Good yeah, point. I All don't right. have a dollar. So Brady, uh, Brady, you are up first. I'm going to send this on the chat, and Bring MJ, it. you're on deck. You ready? Got it. Bring it. Go. Oh, I'm cold. I'm cold, and I'm um, I'm blowing. Lots of wind. Lots of wind, wind everywhere. Chill. There's no, there's a lot of snow. Oh my god! Blizzard. Uh, I'm going to yes, Dairy Queen. All right. All right. All right. Oh, and and it's it happens during a blizzard, but it involves a a, a summer like uh, thing that happens that makes noise, and then it does this in a blizzard. Howling wind. wind? No, no summer. No. Think summer. Think summer storm, and it does this, and then it precipitates. Thunder, lightning, thunder, snow. You got it. All right. All right. As you're up, oh, buddy. It's my turn. Sorry, I, I was muted. Wake up. Hey, I'm driving down the road. I have no idea. What the heck just happened? I'm sliding all over the place. I hit some what? Black ice. Yes. Ding, all right. Oh, very clever. Brady. A tiny oh. fraction of a second of a delay is giving me some kind of an anxiety attack, but I think I have it. And... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brady, go. Classes at Ohio State got canceled for this. Only uh, it was, it's very cold. Um, it, there's no snow. Is this going to be I, an Arctic outbreak? The dreaded uh, polar vortex media term? No, close though. Uh, close. Wind, wind it was. Wind chill. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. MJ. Oh, this is. It's. It's not snow. It's not rain. It's kind of in between. Sweet. You bet. All right. Mm. Last one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. Oh. Oh, he's muted. He's muted. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I did it backwards. This guy's name in the wintertime is Jack. Jack Frost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. You suck my battleship. Good job. All right. All right. Jeff, well done, sir. Hey, it's great it. to meet you guys. Very good Very to meet well. you guys. Great hey, thanks for awesome. having you here. Jeff, uh, I wish no, you go, guys nail, go nail your newscast, all right? I want to see right, tell 10, 10 in the ratings, at least. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> hey, one quick question before you go. So we know you're going to stay there forever. You love it there. But if you could go one place, where would you want to <laughs> One work? place? Well, I grew up 25 miles northwest of Philadelphia, um, and uh, that'd be a dream. That'd be a dream. Oxville. But we do like you. Great place there you to go. Be. You'll like yeah. it. Do it. Accuweather. Accuweather's a good, you know, John Porter, um, uh, let's see, Eric Michelli. Um, There's the names. Well, there's a couple of good friends of mine who are there. Uh, Ethan Naki there doing GIS stuff. They're all great guys, good friends of mine who work at Accu. They said it's like working at Rikers, though, didn't they? Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It depends on what you're doing. (laughs) Very true. I don't know where Rikers is. Is that a chain? (laughs) Yeah. Chain of Bubba's. <laughs> I think isn't it, isn't it in jail, right? Rikers or wait, I don't yeah, know. Just keep going. Chilly there. Oh, there we go. The intern uh, doesn't know. Doesn't unbelievable. Know 
right. <laughs> Jeff, hey, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate having you on. I wish you guys the absolute best. And and when this does air, please let me know so I can promote it on social media. I, yeah, I'll but let you know. I'll, get, oh, I'll yeah. get in touch. What are you this talking about? This is, this is live. Put, yeah. Edit that out. Edit the tar out of this. <laughs> All right. Take care. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, when we come back, Thanks, we're going to discuss the new National Weather Service hazard simplification warning posts. Uh, but in the meantime, here's Storm School with our Brady Harris. This is Storm School where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover will things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Storm School. I'm Brady, and today we're going to be talking about Downbursts. We're going to be talking about the difference between a microburst and a macroburst, which are two different kinds of downbursts. And then more specifically, within a microburst, the difference between a wet microburst and a dry microburst. So let's first start off by getting out a piece of paper and a pencil, writing some of this stuff down, guys, you storm school cadets. Let's get right into it. So a downburst. What's the difference between a downburst and a downdraft? Well, a downburst is basically a very, very strong downdraft. So it's a very strong column of vertical winds that extend to the ground and then push outwards that can give some very destructive winds within a thunderstorm. So, you know, a good rule of thumb, all downdrafts are, da- or all downbursts are downdrafts, but not all downdrafts are downbursts. So that's a good rule uh, to remember. Now, the difference between a downburst or the difference between a macroburst and a microburst, which are two different kinds of downburst, you know, the only real difference between them is the area that they cover and the amount of time that they last. So a macroburst is um, a damaging wind swath on the ground, you know, on the surface of more than two and a half miles, and they last five to 30 minutes and have winds up to 134 miles an hour. Now, a microburst lasts um, about 5 to 15 minutes with winds only really extending 2.5 miles or less on the ground. That's the damage swath on the ground. It's 2.5 miles or less. Now, because of this, because it's more concentrated, microbursts actually tend to be stronger with winds up to 168 miles an hour. Microbursts also happen more frequently um, because, you know, the, the area they have to cover is a lot less. But, you know, how do these things form? How do downbursts in general form? When you, you know, when you have a thunderstorm, there's a, a column of very moist air, very unstable air that's rising, you know, and that, that causes those clouds and that rain and that thunderstorm. And within that thunderstorm, you have a downdraft. Now, sometimes there can be very dry air around the thunderstorm that actually gets pulled in, that gets sucked into that downdraft. And what that dry air, that's called dry air entrainment, what happens then is um, it's, you know, usually that dry air is cooler than the warm, moist air that's rising within the thunderstorm. And so what will happen is that dry air will come in and it'll start to sink and it'll sink within the downdraft. And as it sinks, some of the water vapor in the air will actually get um, basically eaten up by the dry air because they're, you know, the dry air doesn't have very much water vapor. So some of that water vapor will get actually sucked into the dry air. And what that'll do is that'll cool the air even more, which in turn, if air is cooling, it's going to sink faster. So that air starts to sink faster. It starts to accelerate towards the ground, which gives you, you know, those increased winds, which gives you that downburst. 
Um, so then within that, um, you have a wet microburst and a dry microburst. So a wet microburst usually happens in portions of the southeast United States and, you know, the Midwest sometimes as well. And what you get is um, a wet microburst is basically just a, um, a downdraft with very, very heavy rain in it that gets a little bit of dry air entrainment. And that the dry air entrainment isn't enough to evaporate all of the water vapor, but it is enough to cause that air to accelerate with that increased amount of rain and that increased amount of precipitation to do some real damage. Now, a dry microburst is different in that the dry air that gets entrained actually evaporates all of the water vapor so that when you um, you can't really see it extending to the ground because there's unless you see you know the, the wind kicking up dust on the ground. So that dry air entrains in the thunderstorm and then evaporates all the water vapor, which in turn causes air to accelerate rapidly towards the ground because it's much cooler than the surrounding environment. So then that'll hit the ground and spread out and cause dust and debris can even cause some tree damage as well. So that's the difference between a wet and a dry microburst. Microbursts can be very dangerous. Macrobursts can be dangerous as well. And oftentimes they get confused with tornadoes and they happen about 10 times more than tornadoes. So they definitely are a problem. You can look for them. Uh, look for you know a column of very heavy rain with it kind of kicking out on the side and then a dry microburst you can look for. Um, below a thunderstorm, there's really no rain, but there's a bunch of dust being kicked up on the ground. Well, guys, thanks for joining me on Storm School today. Hope you learned a lot, and let's get back to the podcast. All right. We are back. We're Sorry, talking man. about Mark's uh, birthday present. Um, <laughs> but our, birthday! Our, our topic, because uh, he, he has to get going, so we need to hurry up here. Um, the National Weather Service, uh, if you're not aware, they, they've had this uh, project that they've been doing uh, for a number of, uh, for a few years now, but they call it the hazard simplification project. Um, but part of this new program they're trying out right now in certain national weather service offices across the country, not all offices are doing it, but some are. Um, and, and basically it's, it's um, there. What I'll highlight a little bit tonight is on social media. So Twitter and Facebook, uh, especially uh, if you follow those, you might notice that um, there are now these new, uh, the National Weather Service offices will do this new post if there is a warning uh, that that tries to simplify the polygon and use the colors they're using and everything else. And I'm going to jump to a uh, quick an article. This was uh, from WNCT.com. It's a CBS affiliate in Greensville, North Carolina. It's titled Hazard Simplification Project Set to Change Communication of Weather Warnings. This is by Pierce Legion. Um, but the one part I want to just bring up this paragraph, it's a pretty uh, short article. It's actually a, a news piece. It says the Hazard Simplification Project is an effort to simplify the current watch warning system so people will respond. It's been in development for several years, but we may now be getting our first taste of what's to come. Recent risk communication research suggests that a three or five color system may be more effective than the current system at communicating risk. A relatively new automated warning graphic now depicts all warnings with red polygons, not just tornado warnings like in the past. Some are concerned this may cause even more confusion, but the social science suggests otherwise. So, we, we talked about this in a, in a previous episode a little bit um, with 
the general public's confusion over a watch and a warning, um, the difference between those two. And I think that's one of the things that the National Weather Service is trying to do. And we actually, we should probably also bring this up uh, another time when we get one of the NWS people on again. But just to talk about what they're trying to accomplish, and I think the idea is in anything red, whether it's a, a thunderstorm warning, tornado warning, flash flood warning, blizzard warning, if it's red, it means act now, danger in your area. But but my question is, I guess, is is the end user that's following on social media, um, are they going to know the difference between a thunderstorm warning and a tornado warning and a flash flood warning if they see just the red polygon? Even though it does try to explain it a little bit on the left of that graphic, I, I just I wonder if you guys think this is going to be effective or not. Well, you want to you want to say something, Brady? Go ahead if you want to. All right. Well, um, so, you know, I, um, first of all, kudos to the National Weather Service for doing this, because I think that, you know, something had to be done, not saying the warning system they have in place is bad, but, you know, was with the warning, you usually get this whole long discussion that said severe thunderstorm warning, and then it gave all this synopsis of what the storm was doing. And then at the bottom, it had the hazards, you know, hail this much, you know, winds gusting to this much. And and the average person, you know, I'm going to read that. And, you know, you guys are probably going to read that. But the average person's not going to read that. They're going to see severe thunderstorm or tornado warning, you know. So I think a change needed to be made. Now, this change of, you know, depicting them as the same color, um, I, you know, I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't think it's going to be, you know, the change that's going to truly have the impact that they're intending, mainly because, you know, when a person looks at their phone, when they look at, you know, they're looking they're we're a picture driven culture. They look at Twitter, you look at Twitter, you know, why, why do you have pictures on Twitter? Because people look at the pictures first. They look at the videos first. That's what's most watched. So someone's going to look at that picture, see red, and they're going to think tornado. And they, you know, they might read the impacts and they might read the warning, but most people, um, are not going to pick up on that as easily as, you know, we would. Um, so, you know, I think, I think there still is some flaws in it. And uh, Maz, you know, what's your opinion on it? Well, no, I, I like the idea that more, I believe more information is better as long, you know, in the fact of trying to warn somebody of something, um, I think, especially as you get into younger generations, obviously social media is kind of the communication method. Um, I, the, the area where I'm a little bit concerned is for so many people, the way they've gotten their weather is a certain way And any kind of a change, you run into a time period of confusion until it all gets sort of fixed, you know, where maybe the older people die off, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be, yeah. So I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, Time will tell if this system works or not. Um, and it sounds like it might be kind of like an, almost like an, a beta test. Only some of the weather service markets are using it. Um, yeah, they're, they're, it's not, uh, not widely used yet. So I'd, I'd be very curious to see, you know, a study afterwards. And, you know, so how did it work with those guys? And, you know, the people that are tweeting back, I don't know what the heck this means, or that was awesome. Thanks guys. And, you know, I think there's going to be, there's going to need to be enough, input from everybody else who's using it. Yeah. And I, I think another and, good point too is, 
you know, I, like we talked about earlier, Phil, about, you know, being a beta test, a lot of the Twitter accounts that are using it right now is, you know, NWS Tornado or NWS Severe Thunderstorm, and not a lot of people from the general public, you know, a lot of meteorologists follow that account, but not a lot of people from the general public are following that account. They get their warnings from their phone, <clears throat> you know, like automatic warning for their area, um, like, an, you know, a notification, or, you know, they'll check their app or something like that. So if if the National Weather Service makes this change, they've they've got to make it better and they've got to make it just as accessible to people and they have to make it as, you know, more clear than what the current option is available to for people to actually be able to use this. Well, and I I might be wrong, but I think each individual office is um has the ability to use that same um if this is being automated, it's it's an automated uh, system. But if the National Weather Service, if a home office is is creating it, I think the individual offices around the country have the ability to adopt that and use it with their individual account, uh, so that they can send it from their individual account as well. Now that's my understanding. We, we should probably have someone on to to clarify that. But the, again, I think it just comes down to: is this effective? Um, my issue is this, is number one, I, I think if you're going to use a, a similar color, I, I don't know that I have a problem with the color system, but I don't think the graphic is definitive enough to tell you what the, what the hazard is. It's in, it's a small print in the upper left-hand corner of the graphic that says whether it's a thunderstorm warning, whether it's a tornado warning, uh, what the, I, I think that needs to be bigger so it sticks out more, um, but my my general feeling, it has nothing to do with the colors. My general feeling is it's <laughs> the words watch and warning are what suck. Uh, mm. I think they're they're for the general public, they're just too close <laughs> to each other. Uh, At least know, pick a different letter, letter, right? Different yeah, letter. Watch, right. Different that letter. Someone sees it. Bad, yeah. worse. You know, you know I, yes. I, I, did a, I did a little reading on this, and they are talking uh, about that. Uh, topic. So I think it would be good if we get an NWS uh, person on to to kind of pick their brain about this a little bit. But in some of the discussions that I saw or what I was reading about this uh, indicated that they are, they're looking at like using the term advisory or something else other than because they are recognizing the watch warning, the, you know, the issue with that. So, you know, again, I guess kudos to them for being aware and, and for doing some research on it. And it's like probably any other government agency. It doesn't move real fast. But <laughs> oh, um, you're on I a watch right. list now. Way to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Or a warning list. I mean, a warning list. Yeah, a warning list. They are thinking about I think it. It's, I do think it's the, the wording. I think watch and warning is what's confusing most people because it doesn't matter whether you're on social media whether you're hearing it on a weather radar, whether you're listening to a, a radio station or watching on TV, uh, the color of the polygon, because TV stations uh, visually are going to use their own crap f- for right now anyways, for the foreseeable future. They're going to use their own colors, their own whatever. Um, and I, so I think it's just watch and warning. I think you need to have, instead of warning, it needs to be called a severe thunderstorm danger or tornado danger um, and, and if it's just, a you know, a watch, it's, it's something else, but I, I think that's where the confusion lies more there than the colors. Maybe they're deciding to introduce the colors first, cause it might be a little easier 
and, and affect fewer people that aren't paying attention to what the color of the, of the hazard is. Uh, but I think it's some verbiage. I think we got to change the words. I think the color piece maybe goes to what Brady was talking about with being a picture driven or a visual driven, uh, you know, society. Um, and that on the Twitter and, and whatever, they want that red is kind of bold and that generally gets people's attention. And so that may be why they're doing uh, the color red and why they're using that so that people see that and they pay attention, anything yeah. to get somebody to pay attention, you know? Well, then you get the side too is so is the, you know, the TV meteorology crowd going to change or, you know, are people going to go, well, but wait, my guy on channel, whatever, they show this. And then I look at this and I'm, I'm so confused. I mean, obviously yes. not everybody, I'm not, there's going to be some people out there going, Hey Maz, not everybody's an idiot. And, and that's true. Not everybody is, but there are some just to say, you know, they're, they're not going to know what the heck. Yeah. I, I, I do the, agree. The, if there's not the, consistency the, in different you know, ways that it's presented, that is going to cause further confusion. Yeah. I definitely I, think what, whatever happens, um, it needs to be, like a consensus between all, you know, even private industry, you know, cause Acuo there, I mean, they, they give out private warnings to these companies. And if, if the national weather service, which they do look at as well, cause it's free, you know, if they're putting out something completely different, then there's going to be a lot of confusion. So I think whatever happens, you know, it, it, it needs to be a consensus that, that they all agree on and that, you know, that, and that might take slower, um, you know, time-wise, but I feel like, you know, for it to work and for it to actually save lives, because, you know, most people are getting their weather from the broadcast, you know, environment, not, you know, the meteorologists, you know, look at National Weather Service and, you know, people like us, the weather nerds, the, you know, they look at, they look at um, National Weather Service, but, but the average citizen is getting their weather from TV, from Twitter, um, you know, from wherever. So I feel like whatever happens, it needs to be an industry wide change um, that, that everyone, you know, can agree on. But I also believe, you know, cause the news is on certain time frames. Like this morning I was awakened, I don't know, four 30 with, you know, my wife's phone goes off and I, I thought it was like the end of the world and I get <laughs> up and it was, a, it was a flash flood warning. So I was like, wow, really? No kidding for my area. That's, that's great. Cause I knew rain was coming, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> go surfing, right? I just get in the boat out back and away I go. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I believe more information is better because it, most of the time they're not going to be broadcasting at two, three, four in the morning. Um, you're at a skeleton crew at the station. You got to get master control. All the, Hey, I'm going to break in for a warning. Okay. We've got a commercial break coming up in two minutes. Can you wait that long? I mean, it, it kind of was that way back, back when, and this way, boom, the app goes off. You've got it. It's instantaneous. So I do like that more information when it comes to immediacy and not having to wait. I just hope it doesn't confuse a few people. Yeah, and I, again, I just think that's where the, the naming of these hazards is more important than, than I think the, the coloring of everything. Um, just how are you naming the hazard? But, I, I you know, this is probably an, a, this is better than the, 20 or 30 colors that the storm prediction center has uh, for all the various hazards and, and severity of hazards uh, that they have. But um, we'll, we'll post that, that on our website. Uh, I'll also put it on that um, remarks app, but we'll post uh, the article as well as pictures of what this is. So if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, 
Uh, we'll post it so you can see it and you can kind of you make your own opinions on that. But tell us what you think. You, you can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or through Twitter at stormfrontfreak. Uh, you're also welcome to visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com and catch us through there as well. But Or uh, go we'll to always, right? Just pop over to your house. Yeah. Give us a follow, guys. Follow no. our Twitter account. We post good stuff. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear the team's nominations for our weather fools and our weather resources. We're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. And now a quick word from our friends at Entropy Technology Design, makers of the Nimbus line of storm detection devices. The Nimbus 4 storm detector combines the power of three microprocessors and patent-pending antenna design to give you real-time information about storms as they form, move, and become a threat to your location. The Nimbus has the ability to see nearly invisible storms as they form and also to detect storm activity as far away as 600 miles. It can see the fast-changing conditions that increase the possibility of tornadoes. The Nimbus can track up to 50 storms at the same time, focusing on the storm activity that can directly impact you. The weather changes quickly and the Nimbus tracks it all and keeps you informed about the changing levels of danger until your location is safe. The Nimbus is the next generation of storm detection and safety. Go to www.nimbus4.com for more information. Now back to the podcast. Yeehaw, happy birthday. We got to get Mark out of here. Um, happy birthday. So, uh, MJ's got to go. He's got a present uh, waiting for him somewhere. So, Brady, uh, why don't you go ahead and lead us through our weather fools? All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, the weather fools, where we talk about something where someone made a bit of a fool of himself, you know, related to the weather. So I'll uh, I'll start us off here. So my weather fool of the week. So last uh, last Sunday, um, there was a big storm in Penn State, uh, State College, Pennsylvania, and there was you know it was coming up to us, and there was some there was a lot of cloud to ground lightning, and I was out taking pictures of it. You can view the pictures on my Twitter account, but. When that storm got really close, I decided to get in my car because the lightning was everywhere. And there was just like tons of people out watching the storm and it started to rain and they still weren't going inside. And there was lightning striking within a mile. And I mean, there's been a lot of lightning deaths this year. There's been a lot of heat, you know, wave death this year, a little bit unrelated, but you know, people not taking the weather seriously. And these guys were no different. I mean, it was pouring on them. They were just sitting out watching the storm out in the middle, you know, of like, you know, not even under an overhang. Which... standing right next to them. No, 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 no. I was, I was, okay. I had my window down, but you I under still. under a tree, I was, right? I was in my, no, I was in my car. <laughs> You're next but to that flag. nonetheless, you are not safe from lightning. If you can hear thunder, you're not safe from lightning. Lightning can strike so, you. It's true. Did you roll your window down and say, hey, go inside. <laughs> No, because I was videotaping the storm. <laughs> but anyway, that was my weather fool this week. All right. Uh, so, Bill, what was your uh, weather fool this week? All right. Or, my, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My weather fool uh, is on YouTube. Uh, so we'll post this. There was this, it was funny. There was this British girl. Um, and they were talking about how hot it is. And I think everybody can relate. We, you know, we're going through this big heat wave across the country right now. Uh, but they were obviously in England, and so she was talking about how she was sweating, and it was 30 degrees. Well, obviously, that's Celsius. 
but she's like, you know, it's only 30 degrees and, and uh, it, you know, we still have 360 degrees yet. And, and this guy was talking like, what, oh, no. what are you talking about? And she's like, well, you know, it's the circle, it's 360 degrees and we're only at 30 degrees right now. We have, we have like 300 and some degrees yet and I'm already hot. So she's like thinking that the 360 degree circle is the measurement of heat. <laughs> was she that, serious? As, as she said, hotness. It's the measurement that of hurts hotness. my brain, Phil. That that literally, yeah. I just lost some brain cells listening oh, to that. Man, it's oh man, hilarious! Because the guy was just cracking up because he was <laughs> he had his wits about him, and he's asking her questions about explain this. She's trying to explain, you know, the the three hundred sixty degrees, and you know, half. She she needed help. She's like, so so what's half? And he's like one eighty. So like one eighty, and we're. And that's one eighty's half, and we're. It was pretty funny. I, I wish we could have her on the show and ask her the difference between a watch and a warning. See what she said. I can't even know. imagine having her on the show. <laughs> Isn't she making like two hundred k a year right now? Probably. Probably. Facebook ads. Probably. All right, uh, Mark, you're up next. Which That'd one? That'd be MJ, me, right? Yeah, MJ. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So MJ, my bad. I'm, Matt, I'm, right, it's I'm gonna, Mark and Matt. You got it. I'm going to bring it back around to lightning. Uh, again, like like yours was Brady, but then uh, also combine that with Pokemon Go. I guess they really don't go well together. <laughs> um, this and and fortunately the kids survived, so we can you know kind of talk about it a little bit. But um, apparently this came out of North Carolina. Um, it was it's a YouTube. It's a, there's a, a news report on YouTube, so we'll post that. It's not a you know fabulous video shot of it or anything, but they talk about it. Um, so a kid and his friend are out walking on the beach, obviously during a storm, playing Pokemon Go. So they're out catching Pokemon, and he, oh, one of them gets struck by lightning. No What? Way. Yes, and he was out. He was oh, out. And, oh, and man. He, he talked about that in the video. He, talked about it. he just went, he was out, and apparently was, you know, out for a while. Um, but they, they, I mean, they credit the, his survival to the first responders who did CPR and got him going, you know, and did all that kind of stuff right yeah. and got him to the hospital and, and, and the whole business. But uh, I guess it's just, again, one of those, and, and he survived and he's okay, per, completely recovered from it. Um, but uh, it's another one of those things that goes to show you, uh, you know, pay, pay attention folks. Yeah. Pay attention. Pay attention. And, what did he catch anything good? I, do, I don't know. He, he, he didn't say, I think he said what he was looking for, but caught like uh, 50,000 volts. <laughs> but that's they, right. They you made the, vol- yeah, that's the best, on, Voltatron. best Pokemon oh, ever. Right. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll post those on our uh, website, stormfrontfreaks.com. If, if you download that remarks app, I'll make sure I get those links on there too. So as you're listening to the show, you could actually uh, visually see those uh, as well. But uh, Maz, why don't you take us through our uh, weather resources? Awesome. So weather resources. Somebody's got something new today, right? Let's yes. Start with MJ. No, I don't have one. Sorry. All right, all right hold on, hold on. Bam, bam, Let's start with Brady. Yes. All right, guys. I'm fifty-fifty. What the heck? So I've got a weather resource today. Uh, it's called AccuWeather Pro. It is a great website uh, where you can get some great model information. Shameless uh, plug. Check out. What, what are you talking about? Uh, maybe a little bit. I'm getting paid. No, just kidding. But, um, yeah, it's a great website. You can go. Uh, they've got a bunch of uh, different models that you can look at in a very 
easily uh, accessible and very readable format. Um, plus, they have a bunch of AccuWeather forecasts as well. And you can even get a forecast from me on there as well. So check it out. So nice. which 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 forecast am I looking for if I want Brady's forecast? Well, it, you know, it won't necessarily say my name by it, but you can just know. <laughs> but it might be his. There's about a 10% chance that it could have been me. Right. Let's just say he's not sure. using spell check. You'll know it's him, all right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to spell about 20% of the words. All right, Phil. What you got? All right, so my, uh, my WX resource is the Dark Sky app. Uh, this is an app for uh, iOS. I think it's also for Android. Um, but how I got connected to this app was uh, following the Cincinnati Reds, one of the uh, writers for the Cincinnati Reds, actually was talking about this because anytime there was a rain delay, he was reporting uh, how long the rain was going to last, like when it was going to end or when the rain was coming, how quickly it was going to show up. So he he had, and he's like through this dark sky app. I'm like, well, I've never heard of this. So I went, downloaded this dark sky app and that's, that's, it's got lots of other things. It's got a little forecast stuff. It's got a little radar on it. I don't use it for any of that. The only thing I use it for is to pull up to see how, how dark the sky is going to be. <laughs> Basically, yeah, so the Dark Sky app, uh, yeah, it sounds great, Phil. Um, I, I haven't used it yet, but, yeah, you know. All right. Hey, hey I'm, I'm on the app right now. I mean, I'm on the – and it's got some pretty good stuff at the top, like a quote from Apple, best uh, watch app of 2015, New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I was going to say, yeah, it is available for uh, Android and iOS and watch, the watch OS. So. Well, well, we'll have to uh, check it out. Well, guys, um, I think that does it uh, here at Storm Freaks. I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, guys. I'm ending hey, it. We got it. We got to say something quick, though, first. Yeah, yeah, that. real quick, real quick. Right, go so ahead. Jump in there, but we got to tell everybody thanks for listening, of course. Oh, hey, yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah, and if guys. you you know if you like the show, tell a friend, give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. If you didn't like the show, uh, tell us anyway. We'll, uh, we're 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 you know we wear big boy pants. We can handle. Yeah, and, some of uh, us bigger than others. Yes, it's true. <laughs> we want to answer your questions or discuss your comments on future shows. So send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or on Twitter at stormfrontfreak. Special thanks to our guests Jeff Cornish and uh, zoomradar.com. Brady, now go ahead. All right, guys, I'm going to have to go ahead and signal the all clear. Peace out, Stormfront Freaks. Keep on keeping on. Here we go. It's kind of like a wrap, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at stormfrontfreak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast. <laughs>